Video games, as they've grown in popularity in our culture, have become a controversial topic. Like most controversial topics, people typically fall into two camps, one for and one against. In this case, it's people who focus on all the good parts and benefits of gaming versus people who focus solely on the bad and unhealthy parts of gaming. My hope is to analyze both sides and to present arguments in order to inform people of what the gaming world and video gaming is like. I want to help people determine whether the risks of video games outweigh the benefits or if it's the other way around. Welcome to The Impact of a Game, a three-part podcast series focusing on the impacts video games have on people's lives. This is the final episode of the series, so make sure to check out episode one where I focused on casual gaming and its effects on mental health, as well as episode two where I focused on frequent and competitive gamers along with gaming addiction. On this episode, I want to take a lot from what we have learned from each of the first two episodes as well as add some new material and information in order to analyze both sides of the argument when it comes to gaming, particularly when it comes to the risks involved. We have covered some of how video games can affect mental health, such as when Russell Pine, a casual video game researcher working towards his PhD, told me about how there are a lot of positive effects of video games. We can normalize that playing these games is not necessarily bad for you, you know, depending on how you play them. Um, If you play that, yeah, if you you play them just in small dosages, that, that appears to be quite promising and the systematic review showed that. In general, there are positive mental aspects to gaming. A study done by an organization called Queerus details how gaming can develop certain cognitive skills, including problem-solving skills, memory, and attention span, depending on the type of game you are playing. Medical News Today also said that memory is very much improved from gaming, particularly from those who are older. However, there is also a lot of research pointing out negative cognitive aspects from gaming, such as when Ursula Kirali came on the show last week to talk about desensitization in violent video games. People who play uh, a lot of violent video games might get a bit uh, somewhat desensitized by by violence and and in some cases um, there is a higher probability that they might act aggressive or violent in a in a in a case where they have the chance to do this other than violence though there's core mental functioning being affected just by playing games According to research done by Medium.com, video games are linked to similar brain regions that are associated with cravings for drugs or gambling, which can lead to addiction. The report also indicated that games with navigational systems, which many popular first-person shooters have, can increase the amount of gray matter in the brain, which is linked to problems like Alzheimer's and depression. According to Kabir Lal of Healthy Gamer, your brain gets used to the dopamine release from frequent gaming and then constantly requires more. Their research also found that while moderate gaming can help attention, excessive gamers may lose the ability to concentrate because of how the game affects your brain. One of the other negative aspects of excessive and unhealthy gaming is the effects it has on people's social abilities. However, gaming can also be a very positive social experience, as I learned with multiple members of the Marquette esports team. The past few years, like as I've gotten older and like started like being more confident, like talking to random people that I meet in video games, like that's a way to like kind of like meet new people, like obviously virtually and like have experiences with them. Back in like high school and stuff like that, just come home and like after school play video games with my friends and then build a lot of friendships like like some of the people like my good friends I've met online that I didn't know before. Millions and millions of people buy Xbox, PlayStation, and Nintendo consoles, plus play on PC as well. 
A lot of people have groups of real-life friends who play games together, but also a lot of people gain friends from playing games, which can lead to lifelong friendships. A study from Psychology Today's Andrew Fishman showed that video games proved to be a safe social space with fluid communication. This included socially vulnerable people, such as people with autism, insecurities, or social anxiety, being able to feel safe to communicate through chat or voice while playing a game. So, with these several different risks and benefits to playing video games, is playing these games worth it? You see millions of people playing and enjoying the games, playing with friends, sharing clips on social media. It looks pretty fun, right? So how can something with so many risks when it comes to health be so mainstream and accepted? The vast majority of video game players aren't reading into the research of the health risks, so how is it not leading to widespread problems in our society? Well, that's because video games, at their core, are a positive experience but just with the big asterisks of that they need to be played the right way. The right way may be different for different people, but in general it means playing games in moderation and not letting it become the sole purpose of your life. It's the same precautions you take with other addictive substances. There's a reason why there is an age restriction on alcohol, and there's a reason why there are legal maturity ratings and warning labels on video games. They are potentially problematic when used the wrong way, but perfectly fine and enjoyable and potentially beneficial when used in safe moderation. Similar to alcohol, video games can be made better with a positive, safe group of friends. If you have a group of friends on a game that are supportive and fun to talk with, then that makes the game a significantly better experience and is positive for everyone. Ultimately, what it comes down to, though, is how parents raise their kids with games, because that is when people most often pick up video gaming. Parent, if parents can prepare for their child to ha have that kind of technology in their life, which is basically inevitable, then they're better prepared to have those kind of conversations or set them up. Um, because it's kind of like the idea, I think, is that technology is obviously here to stay, but it's how you have those conversations with the children and um, how you set them up. Video games will be better for everyone if messaging such as Pine's mental health awareness ideas in games are pushed. And gamers practice good health, hygiene, and social practices in real life, as well as in the game. Ultimately, that is up to the person and the people around that person. Most importantly, the parents. Throughout the process of doing this three-part podcast series, I learned a lot with you about the many different factors when it comes to gaming. And as a gamer myself, I can tell you that I have changed the way I look at how I play games. If you haven't already, make sure to listen to the first two episodes. But for this final episode, signing off, I'm Matt Yazel. Thank you for listening and have a great day.